1 Peter 3, verse 1. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection under their own husband. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. All right, come on now. Who's the last person to call their husband Lord here? Huh? Uh, would you raise your hand, Sharon? Okay, just checking. Right? But think about that. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessels, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Let's pray again quickly, please. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you uh, for the prayers that have already gone up. But again, we just want to mention this special prayer for the Aguilars. Lord, God of miracles, uh, Lord, we know that you can do anything. Lord, we're asking you to step in and do it alone you can do right now. Give them great grace. Give them great peace. Help them to lean upon thee and rest in thee. Uh, God, I pray, give them what they need. Lord, we know that you work on both ends, just like we've seen in Joseph's life as we study that, Lord. You work on both ends. And so we're trusting you to work on both ends in this situation. And uh, others that are up on our heart tonight, the many physical needs, the spiritual needs, God, we commit those to you. Now, God, help us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we uh, look at this portion of Scripture, and of course, uh, we know the Bible teaches us what? That there is a, 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 a direct connection, right? Aren't you glad we have a direct connection in prayer? And uh, I'm glad that uh, we can praise individuals and then as the home. Of course, these verses talk about the relationship between a husband and wife and the home. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, the most important thing is prayer. And we certainly don't want anything that would, would hinder our prayers. We don't want anything that would hinder our prayers. And there's some warnings in here, especially for the husbands. And so that's something to think about because, of course, as uh, husbands, uh, we're supposed to be head of the home. So most of us have the idea that what we do in our homes has nothing to do with what has taken place in heaven. Well, <laughs> it does, right? A lot of it has to do, right? If we're doing the right thing, it has a, uh, uh, just like heaven has an impact on our home, we can have an impact there, especially through prayer. And so the Bible teaches we have a direct connection, a direct prayer line from our home uh, to heaven. And so it gives a warning here. You know, it's talking about what's going on in the home here. But in verse 7, it ends that your prayers be not hindered. And of course, uh, uh, nothing's more important than what's uh, taking place in the home, right? The home is the, uh, the foundation of a, of a nation and uh, uh, it's, uh, even, uh, even the church. And so uh, there's no place where influence must count more for God than in the home. We want God's influence in our home. And so, uh, of course, uh, you know, when we have our children, 
You know, that's the, that, that's the prime time to influence them for the cause, for cause of Christ. And so it's important that we set an example. So when Peter wrote this epistle, right, of course, on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he was dealing with a, 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 an audience that, you know, their idea was marriage was a lot uh, uh, different than ours and really a lot different than what God wanted. You know, because a lot of people said, well, hey, uh, you know, what about this? What about that? And you said, well, hey, you know, uh, they just did that because of the hardness of your heart. But from the beginning, uh, it was it was not it was not so. So I'm glad the Bible teaches us the importance and responsibilities that we have in the home. And of course, it puts a lot of responsibility upon upon the husband. But notice uh, something it, it says here in this chapter. Though both husband and wife are to share the privileges of marriage, both are also to share the responsibilities of marriage, right? We know there's privileges of marriage, but there's also great responsibility uh, in a marriage. And so notice uh, uh, how verse 1 and verse 7 start off. It says, verse 1 starts off, likewise ye wives, likewise ye wives. Verse 7 starts off, likewise ye husbands. And so it's saying, hey, uh, wife, here's your response. Here's some responsibilities you have in the marriage, and uh, uh, wives, here's some responsibility uh, that you have. Now that word likewise means to an equal degree, to an equal degree. So if he's using that word uh, uh, or to the equal example, so if he's using that word likewise, then there must be something before it that sets the example. He said, "Listen, I just gave you an example." Uh, right here. And then I want you, just like in that example, I want you to uh, handle things the same way, husband. I want you to handle the same things, wives. Well, when he says likewise, what is he talking about? Who's he referring to? Well, of course, you got to go back to chapter two. And so uh, we'll see that example. Go back to chapter two and we'll read the end of that chapter. And then that'll help us understand what he's referring to when he says, likewise, ye wives, and likewise, ye husbands. Just go up to verse 21 of chapter 2. It says this, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, look at this, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So when it's saying likewise, well, it's referring back to Christ as the example. Like as Christ handled these things properly, you need to handle some things properly. So let's look at verse 22. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness, <laughs> by whose stripes you were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So he gave us an example at the end of chapter two. He said, look, Christ is your example. And this is how Christ handled these things, right? And so likewise, wife, Hey, you need, to, you need to think about this in your responsibilities. And husband, you need to think about this in your responsibilities. <laughs> and so how did, what, how, what does it say concerning Christ? Well, verse 21, it said, He left us an example and that we should follow His steps. In verse 23, this is an important thing to catch. It says, He committed Himself 
to him that judges righteously. You see, hey, uh, was Christ treated fairly? No. But when he was reviled, why didn't he revile back? Right? When people mistreated him, why didn't he mistreat him right, mistreat him right back? Why? Because he committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. We're going to look at that in a second. And then verse 24 shows that he bore the burden. He did what it took, amen, to accomplish the mission. So again, we must do likewise in our area of responsibility as a wife, as a husband, as, as part of a family. What do we need to do? Well, as Christ was an example to follow, we as parents need to be an example to follow to our children. Right? Christ set an example for us. We need to follow his example. And then we need to look, say, God, uh, as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, help me to be an example uh, that uh, those that are looking to me can follow. Right. Hey, I thank God that I have a good example in Christ. But may God in his grace help me to be an example uh, to those that I have influence through, to my children, uh, uh, grandchildren. So he, he set an example that others could follow. But again, notice this word. He committed himself to the one that judges righteously. And what do we need to do when we're facing? Of course, look at the situation. Christ was facing a difficult situation. He was being mistreated. It wasn't fair what was happening to him, right? It wasn't fair, right? And I'm sure many of us, we look at situations we might face and say, hey, hey, it's not fair. Hey, listen, Christ, his whole life, he tried to do the right thing. But yet, even though he tried to do the right thing in every situation, he still wasn't treated fair. Hey, welcome to the real world. Life isn't fair, right? Life isn't fair. And so what did he do? Now, we know that, you know, in one place it says he could have called a, 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 a legion of angels. He could have dealt with it in his own power if he wanted to. But what did he do? He committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. And what does that word commit mean? It means to deliver up the power to someone else. That's what that word commit means. It means he delivered to, when you commit something to somebody, you, you put the power in their hands over that situation. You say, hey, I'm taking the power out of my hands. I'm not going to try and deal with it in my own power. I'm not going to try and deal with it in my own wisdom. I'm going to turn the power over. So that's what Jesus did. When he was paying the price for our sin, even though he was God, even though he could have called uh, uh, 10,000 10, angels, as the song says, right? Or, or uh, I, I, what, what always makes me laugh is when they came to arrest him and they, he said, who are you looking for? And he said, Jesus. He said, well, I'm he. And all he did was say his name and the whole army fell down. And all he did was say, say who, hey, I'm the one you're looking for. And man, they all fell over. I just thought that was, that was funny. He said, oh, here, is this your sword? Is this here? Can I help you with that? Here, straight out here. Fix that up, soldier. Come on. You need to shine your sandals there, soldier. Amen. And he helped, he helped them back up, right? And then when Peter cut the guy's ear off, he stuck it back on, you know? Uh, so I mean, that's just an amazing story. And why didn't he try to do that? Because he had committed that thing to the father, which means he took his hands off of it. When you commit something to somebody else, you take your hands off of it. So if you got a difficult situation you're facing like Jesus did, he set the example. So likewise, right? And what does likewise mean? That means to the, to, to the same degree or to an equal degree, 
You turn, just like Jesus did, he turned that thing 100% over to God the Father, to the one that judgeth righteously. And he said, hey, I'm taking my hands off this thing. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And that's what God wants us to do. When we're facing a difficult situation, right? He, he says, hey, commit that thing to the Father. Commit that thing to his power. And you know what you need to do? You just need to step back and take your hands off it and, and truly commit it to him. And you are trusting his wisdom. You're trusting his power. You're trusting his ability to do with it. You're committing everything over to his ability, his power to handle it. So what you're doing, you're giving God the power over that situation. That's the best thing we can do. You know, Paul says, I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep those things which I've committed unto him. And the best thing we can do is just turn everything over in our life over to God's power and God's ability and take our hands off of it. That's the best thing you can do in a difficult situation. God, Jesus Christ set our, the example. He was innocent. It wasn't fair what was happening to him. And that, a lot of things in our life, we're innocent in this situation. It's not fair. We could argue that all day, but that's not going to change the situation. We still have to deal with the reality of it. And so the best thing to do, amen, so we can move on and say, God, I'm going to pack this on you. And he says, I'll, I'll take it. Isn't that a blessing? You know, sometimes when we, we say that to somebody, hey, I'm going to pack this on you. Oh, no, man. No, you're not. But God says, hey, you want to pack your burdens on me? You want to pack that difficult situation? You want to commit that thing to me? That's what I'm here for. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. Amen. I will take that for you. I have the power to handle it. And so commit that thing. That means to deliver up the power to someone else. Lord, I'm delivering this whole thing over to you. Give God power over it. That's the best thing you can do. And likewise, just like Jesus did, that's what you need to do with that burden that you're uh, uh, carrying. And also then we need to love as he loved. The Bible says, even as Christ also loved the church. Of course, talking about husbands, how to love their wives. So Christ willingly submitted himself to God the Father, right? When he went to pay the price, he willingly submitted himself to the Father. And here's the thing, uh, you know, submission has nothing to do with equality or lack thereof. Look again at verse one. Likewise, you wives, be in subjections unto your own husbands. And then in verse uh, uh, seven, it says, give honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel. Boy, that is not politically correct, is it? Oh, calling, telling the woman to be in subjection, saying the woman's the weaker vessel. Boy, that's not politically correct. And you know what? We don't care. <laughs> I don't care, at least. I don't care if it's politically correct or not. It's biblically correct. And what we need to understand, people think when you talk that way, oh, you're, you're, you're pushing women down. Oh, you're, you're not going. No, you're not. God gave uh, 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 women a place, right, in that situation. It's a place of protection. It's a place of protection, right? Everything uh, uh, being right. Because in and, and Christ being our example of submission, we know that submission has nothing to do with equality or lack thereof. Because Christ, who was God in the flesh, was certainly equal with God the Father, right? He was equal with God the Father. So it's not because well, you know, uh, uh, you know, you, you women are nothing and men are better than you. And blah, blah. No, that has nothing to do with it. That's what the world tries to think of it. No, 
because uh, Jesus Christ was equal with God the Father. So it wasn't a matter of because God the Father is better than God the Son, right? Oh, because they're not equal. That had nothing to do with it. But a mission had to be accomplished, right? A mission had to be accomplished. So God, the Son, though, being equal with God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, he submitted himself so the mission could be accomplished. And so God wants to accomplish a mission in the home. God has a mission that he wants to accomplish in your life and in your home. And for that, everything has to be done decently and in order. And for that, amen, there are some, somebody has to submit within it because there has to be things have to line up. And so uh, that's all God is, is saying. And it says, as, as, as the weaker vessel. And so let's look at verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. That means practical knowledge, clear and exact knowledge, right? Know, know your wife and understand what she likes and doesn't like and all those things and dwell with her accordingly. And uh, weaker, again, not uh, uh, politically correct. And again, in, 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 in the physical sense, right? Uh, 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 overall, uh, men are stronger than women as a rule physically. Now, just because, you, you know, you got a cousin that might be able to beat me in arm wrestling, that doesn't mean nothing, all right? Okay? Just because you, your cousin, just because she can beat me in arm wrestling, that doesn't mean nothing, right? But as a rule, that's why they have separate events, right? And then now, see, the, the, uh, the, the, the world's got themselves in a mess right now, right? Because he's transgender, and now they're saying, because see, you know what? The reality's hitting them. Reality is hitting them in this thing. And I'm going, ha, ha, ha. Reality is hitting them. So, Right. So that has. And remember this being weaker, that, ha, that, that has nothing to do with the intellect. That has nothing to do with someone's value. You're not of lesser value. Women are not of lesser value than men. Right. It's not because uh, uh, women aren't as smart as men, because I guarantee you, uh, if it came to intellect, my wife's smarter than me. I, I don't mind admitting that my wife is is uh, is, is is smarter than me. So it has nothing to do with that. But God, again, requires submission in the home for accomplishing the mission in the home. Again, First uh, 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 Peter three seven, an important promise is made to the husband and wife who follow God's plan, and we're gonna uh, 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 look at this in a minute. We find in First Peter three seven that husbands bear the responsibility to dwell with their wives according to knowledge. Again, so what does that mean? Husbands have a responsibility to learn some things about their wife. We should need to learn their needs, right? Need to learn what she loves what she likes and dislikes. God also says husbands are to give honor to their wives. This means husbands should treat their wives like as special treasures from God. You know what that means? Probably every one of us husbands just go ahead and come to the Why don't we all just come to the altar right now and confess that and get that right, right? That's probably, that's probably true, but we're to honor. That means to show respect, esteem, right? Showing dignity. Because uh, 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 look what it says here in, in this verse, right? Because uh, we, as husband and wife and as a family, we get, as we serve the Lord together as a husband and wife, as we serve the Lord together as a, whatever your family unit is, it would even include that, we get to enjoy the riches of the Christian life together. Look at the statement that it makes in, the, in verse 7. Well, I, I read this statement today, and it was just a blessing to me. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel. Look at this statement. As being heirs together of the grace of life. You see, that's what God wants in a home. 
He wants, a, he wants a home to be right with God. He wants a mom and dad to be right with God or, or, or uh, the leader of the home to be right with God. Why? Because he wants them to that family unit to enjoy. Look at this. To be heirs. Look at this. To be heirs together of the grace of life. I just think that's a, a beautiful statement. Heirs together. When you're heirs together, that means you participate in the same lot. Right. That's an exciting thought. You know, the Bible talks about being heirs with Christ. Romans 8, 17, it says, and if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorify, glorify God together. Well, thank God that one day, amen, we're going to enjoy heaven and we're going to be a joint heir with Christ. And of course, we know that means an equal heir with Christ. And, and that's exciting. All that belongs to Jesus is going to belong to us. Uh, that's exciting to think about as an individual believer. But yet the Bible teaches as, 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 as a family unit down here, we can enjoy, we can be an heir to the, to, to the Christian life and enjoy the graces of God together uh, as, 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 a, as a family. Here's a good example of that. Hebrews 11, 9. It says this, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, right? Talking about Abraham as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles. Now notice what it says, with Isaac and Jacob, right? With his son and grandson. Notice this, it says, the heirs with him of the same promise. Now, that's talking about blessings down here. They were all they were one family and they were all heirs of the promises of God as a family. And so, hey, listen, uh, uh, if, a, if a family unit, if, if, if a if a husband will do his job, if a wife will her, do her, her job or if that family unit would do their job. Hey, not only do we have, can we look forward to the blessings of God one day up there. But we can enjoy the blessings of a good Christian home down here. We can enjoy the blessings, amen, of, 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 of what God wants to do through our home down here. I mean, uh, when I look about, you know, when, when I was a young Christian and, 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 and traveling uh, uh, around uh, 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 Europe and uh, working with the gypsies and then going to Germany and going all these places and my family, uh, my family was with me. And so as a family unit, amen, we were enjoying uh, uh, the, the, the opportunities that God gave us. We got to enjoy those graces of God uh, together. And that's what God wants. Listen, uh, uh, he, he wants us all to be in unity. He wants us all to be in the position, the rightful position that we're supposed to be, uh, uh, that God has given us as husband, wife, and uh, as members of the family. Why? So he can pour out his blessings upon the family unit. Amen. And, and we can be heirs of the grace of life. I don't just think that's uh, 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 talking about heaven because uh, notice what it says. It says of the grace of life. So I don't think that's just talking about enjoying the, being an heir of eternal life, but the grace of life, the life that we live down here. The grace that he wants to bestow upon us down here and, 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 and do innocent through us down here. Because, because what's it talking about in here? That your prayers be not hindered. So obviously it's talking about things down here because this is where I have to pray. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not going to have to pray for things up in heaven. 
oh man, I've been up here a thousand years and uh, 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 God uh, uh, still hasn't got me that new couch in my mansion. I guess I'm just going to have to pray a little bit harder. No, we're not going to pray for things up there, but down here we got to pray for things. Down here, you know what? Down here, you listen, I need my prayers answered. Amen. Listen, I got some things I'm praying about. I got some burdens upon my heart. I got some things in my life that I'm concerned about. Being honest with you, hey, listen, sure, I've got burdens. I got things that are heavy upon my heart tonight, if I were to be honest with you. I got things that are heavy upon my heart. And you know what? I'm praying about these things and I want my prayers to get through. Hey, uh, Sister uh, uh, Aguilar just shared her heart with us tonight. And you know what? I'm going to be praying for uh, a couple, a few weeks ago, she mentioned an unspoken request. And you know what? Ever since she mentioned that unspoken request, I've said, I've been praying for it. Lord, you know what that unspoken prayer I've been praying for that unspoken prayer request. And that's a blessing. Okay. You mean I prayed a couple extra days for no reason? Thanks for the update on that. Appreciate that. Now, nah, okay. But I have been praying for that, for that unspoken request. And you know what? We, we, our, our sister's got a burden. You know what? I want that prayer to get through. I don't want that prayer to be hindered. When I'm praying for things for myself, I don't want that prayer to be hindered. When I'm praying things for you, I don't want that prayer to be hindered. But you know, a lot of that has, is going to have to do with what? With, the, with, with the, the home life. So a lot of times what happens here, what happens there, right? has a lot to do with what's going on, amen, uh, uh, back at the house, as, it say, as the Bible shows us right here. That word hindered, you know what I mean? It means cut off. That's pretty strong. An example of where that's used like that, 2 Corinthians 11, 12, I got to finish up here. But what I do, that I will do what? That I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, but wherein they glory, they may be found as we. But it says cut off. That's what the word hinder means. I don't want my prayers to be cut off. Well, that'd be a serious thing if you couldn't get a, if you couldn't get a prayer through. I think about it sometimes when somebody uh, calls me with a great prayer need and I think, oh man, hey, that's why I say, Lord, I, I want to stay up to date because if my phone rings at two o'clock in the morning and somebody shares a burden with me, Hey, I don't want to have to spend the first 30 minutes uh, confessing all my sins and get right with God so I can pray with somebody else. Amen. I want to be able to start praying for them uh, uh, right away. You know, I got, a, I got a text the other night about something, right? And I said, man, I, I want to be able to get down and pray. Uh, uh, I had a call today. Hey, hey, uh, somebody called me today and said, hey, uh, I need you to come talk to somebody. That Listen, I don't want to, on my drive from here to there, I don't want to have to be trying to get my own heart right. Hey, when I show up, I want to be ready to minister to somebody. I want to be ready to be an encouragement to somebody. I want to be ready to share the word of God with somebody and, and, and pray with somebody. I can't afford to have my prayers hindered. And you know what? Neither can you. Amen. You think about what you're sharing. You want the hey, uh, you want those prayers. To, if if I want my prayer for you to get through, how much more do you want that prayer to get through? Because it's it's affecting you uh, directly. It's affecting me in the sense that I care about you and that we care about one another. But yet you're the one directly carrying uh, that need and that burden. So uh, it's so important that we check. Amen. God says, hey, I need to likewise do this. I need to check this in my life, and I need to check these areas in my life that I'm doing the right thing in these areas that my prayer is not hindered, cut off. Boy, again, imagine not being able to get a prayer through. That'd be a terrible, that'd be a terrible thing. But let's uh, uh, finish up here. So the Bible says that a husband and wife are heirs together. What a beautiful thought that is. Both husband and wife, amen, should follow the Lord Jesus 
and love him. God's word teaches that believers are to marry believers. Of course, and both husband and wife are children of God. And uh, uh, so many wonderful things that we can do together in the family unit if we're doing what we ought to do, praying together and worshiping together and believe the Lord's promises together and sing the songs of the Lord together and talk about the Lord Jesus together. Because, the, listen, the results are Amen. Uh, for certain, nothing in our earthly journey could possibly be more important than, again, getting our prayers answered. Again, according to 1 Peter 3, 7, the result of following God's way is that our prayers are not hindered. There is a vital connection, amen, between our heart, our home and heaven. And we learn from God's word that husbands treating their wives, right? The great burden here, even though it mentions wives, the great burden is upon the men. As God commands that everything uh, we do, uh, getting uh, through God in prayer, we, when we get our homes right with God, our prayers get answered. So thanks again, some things husband and wives can share or families can share together spiritually as we finish up. Again, their testimony and what God means to them. Boy, don't you like to uh, hear about God's blessing? How much more when it's a loved one? Amen. Sharing uh, a blessing they got from the Lord that day. Prayer requests, pray, praises to answer prayer. Sharing God's word together. Oh, uh, this is what I, what I read today. This is what, uh, you know, uh, 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 the Lord shared to me from the Word of God. You know, hey, uh, I'm glad I get up. Sometimes I see my, my wife reading the, reading the Word of God. I remember uh, uh, a while back, man, I'd been studying and uh, praying, about a, pray, praying about a message, and I just felt like I sat, sat in my office all day and, and, and just for whatever reason didn't feel like I had nothing in my heart, so I'm just going to go ahead and uh, 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 go home. And then I got home, and my wife says, oh, let me share with you what I've been reading today. And man, as soon 